Uh, hi, this is Don Marrero. Yes, you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Listen up, kids. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's Joe Zimmerman. And so I said I could maybe do a piece about how, you know, the, the, the image of golf was was so close to being... Had a lot of fun talking to Joe. I'm sure you're going to enjoy the conversation. We have a song of the week coming up from Lovely the Band, a song I'm sure you've heard, but there's a funny story behind why it's a song of the week. And uh, hey, no repeats this week on the Dumb Bits. We have a brand new Dumb Bit, so let's get to that first. This is a little bit I like to call, I thought it was funny. In other words, it's something I just thought was funny. I really don't have a, uh, a big bit to build around it, but it's kind of something funny that happened this week, and it involves the U.S. women's soccer team in this case. Of course, they won the World Cup, a lot of controversy, or a lot of controversy, as our British friends would say, over star player Megan Rapino had some unkind things to say about our president. People were very upset about that, particularly conservatives. And uh, so imagine conservatives' delight when this happened. When one of her teammates dropped the flag during a post-game celebration and some picture-taking, O'Hara jumped in quickly, picked it up. Yes, Kelly O'Hara uh, leaping into the fray, sort of, as her teammates were dancing around. One of them accidentally dropped the flag that they had draped around her shoulders. Kelly dove in, pulled the flag up before it could be trod upon. And uh, yes, conservatives very happy uh, to the point where one of my conservative friends shared a meme saying, hey, let's celebrate Kelly O'Hara, I guess as opposed to Megan Rapinoe, I guess that's what we're supposed to draw from this. Uh, a, a, a patriot, she saved the flag, she grabbed it. Well, I think the people that made this meme and shared it uh, didn't realize that Kelly O'Hara also did this. Kelly O'Hara also lit up social media when she kissed her girlfriend in the stands after the wins. Aw, man, why did she have to go and do that? Gee whiz. So, yeah, that's a tough one for conservatives, I reckon. Uh, you know, on the one hand, you have this. O'Hara jumped in, quickly picked it up. But on the other hand, you have this. Kissed her girlfriend. So, I guess the lesson to draw from this is, uh, first of all, conservatives do a little more research. Uh, and secondly, uh, you know, if you're going to save the flag, don't go around kissing your same-sex partner. I thought it was funny. Joe Zimmerman is a stand-up comedian originally from West Virginia, and he's now based in New York City, headlines comedy clubs all over the country, and occasionally features for Brian Regan, which he's doing later this month. And here now is our interview with Joe Zimmerman. How you been, man? It's been a while since uh, we spoke. Yeah, was it? Was it the last time I was in Cincinnati or the last time I was in Minneapolis? I was going to say Cincinnati, probably, yeah. Oh, and before we go further, uh, uh, like with last time, is it okay if we use the audio for this on my podcast? Yeah, of course. Thought and so. um, I'm, uh, I'm going to be at Cincinnati at the beginning of September as well. Oh, good. Well, then we'll, we'll just... Back to, uh, back to go bananas. Awesome. Well, we'll just use uh, this for that and uh, and kind Choose of... Just, one. Exactly, yeah. Do... Uh, Make it more efficient. All right. Well, super. Well, I know last okay. time we talked about your origin story. That you were um, you're from Tennessee originally, right? Did your your dad taught at Vanderbilt, and you went to Vanderbilt. Am I remembering this correctly? Or uh, I think you're remembering Keith Alberstadt. Possibly. That's right. That's Keith Alberstadt. Why do I think you're from Tennessee? Then wait. So where are you from? I'm all confused now. Well, I'm, I'm like Keith Alberstadt 
in that I'm sort of from the South and my parents are professors. Yeah, so okay. I grew up in Morgantown, West Virginia, and my mom oh, was yeah, a yeah, yeah. professor. That's right, that's right. At, at West Virginia University. I just, and my dad teaches creative writing. Okay. My dad teaches at Harrisonburg. Gotcha. In Virginia. I mixed you two guys together. Yeah, and I think I might have mentioned that, um, or maybe I didn't. Uh, I went to West Virginia University once to see a concert. It was, um, I think it was Edie Brickell and New Bohemians was the headliner. We went because Aztec Camera was the opening act. And coincidentally, my boss's best friend's ex-husband was the guitarist in Aztec Camera, weirdly. Um, so yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's my connection to West Virginia. The, only, the one and only time I was at WVU. Uh, so, Okay. Well, very good then. Now that we've got you and, and Keith Alberstadt separated uh, successfully, uh, let's crack on. You said you were busy earlier today working on a web series. Uh, what's that all about? I actually um, was shooting a full-blown pilot. Um, a production company asked me to be a guest of their... They're basically making a show that's like... Seinfeld's comedians in cars getting coffee, but more like comedians in golf carts playing golf. Okay. Um, and I have a golf background. I played for college golf. I played for Davidson College uh, for four years. And um, and also, they found me through this New York Times opinion piece I wrote called uh, about, about, uh, about Trump and golf. Uh-huh. Um, so they found me through that article. And then through my podcast, I was talking about Tiger's comeback. So they wanted to, they wanted me to be their first guest for this for this golf pilot they're making. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I went out and played four hours of golf today and just got back five minutes ago. So okay. It's been a nice day in the sun. So they were the production crew. <laughs> so they record you guys uh, just playing golf and ch- is it like a couple comedians or is it like who are you the host I'm c- confused how this works uh, I was the comedian guest and the host is named Jack and uh, he he's their host yeah okay gotcha alright I, I know two comedians off the top of my head that play golf uh, Chad Daniels and Josh Sneed um, yeah I know Rory Scoville and Nate Bargatze are big into it as well oh and uh, Jimmy Pardo uh played golf in high school and nice. he still golfs too i didn't realize uh, i'm actually supposed to play with chad in a couple months in new york um uh, at sleepy hollow uh i didn't know josh me played golf oh yeah yeah he's um he's in fact um i work for his company and um they go on uh the other owner uh golfs too and our our um are one of our web guys and they you should go out and we'll play other or people, and I haven't played golf probably in 25 years, so I'm not. My wife and I want to take it up, but we're you know if we think that's something you should do when you're in your 50s, is probably should probably start taking up some golf, and uh, so and, and Josh's advice to us was if you're going to do that, uh, go learn to have someone teach you how to swing properly because the the hardest thing to fix is a bad swing once you have it. So if we ever get this right. sorted, yeah yeah we're probably gonna end up doing that. In fact, I should, when we're doing this interview, I should ask her, by the way, whatever happened to us uh, starting to golf? Because I think she would enjoy that. But, um, so, so you, you've been, like, you've been doing it all the way since, I reckon, before college, right? I played high school golf, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
I played I played me some mini golf, and that's about as uh, about as far as I got. And I used to go to the driving range with my yeah. college roommate because he he golfed, but uh, and I golfed a few times with him. But um, I was terrible at it. My highlights, yeah. My highlights of golf were I won I won my club championship when I was nineteen, and I I uh, got to play the old course at St Andrews a bunch my junior year in college because I spent a semester year abroad. Oh. In Scotland. Oh, nice. Yeah. It seems the nice thing about golf. That was a bucket. Getting to play with my dad, the old course, uh, when I was about 21, I had to be a bucket list for both of us. Oh, yeah, for sure. Even non-golfers know uh, that's a thing. Um, the nice thing about golf, yeah. too, is it seems it's one of those sports, um, probably the one of the best sports that you can actually pick up at an older age versus, like, I mean... I know older folks play tennis. There's this other thing people play. It's a version of tennis called pickle, which is a kind of a rubbishy version of tennis that, that old folks around here play uh, in Cincinnati. But I think yeah. it seems like golf, proper golf you could actually take up pretty much at any age as long as you're at least in decent shape. Yeah, it's a it's a challenging game, but uh, but it's but that's one of the great things about it. You can be at any, at any level you can play it at any level and you can have a handicap so if you're to the worst golfer in the world it can be a 36 handicap and still compete with a, a zero handicap because you just get two shots a hole and you can play each other yeah so how is a handicap determined though i mean who do you just guess at what it is is there kind of some kind of governing body like if i were to play my boss say I took a few golf lessons. You count up your you count up your strokes over eighteen holes. Okay. And then you submit you submit your score to the USGA. Oh. And uh, after you've submitted twenty scores, they basically throw out your ten worst scores, and they take your ten best scores, and essentially create your handicap from that. Wow! I'm learning a lot today. That's fascinating. So uh, if you if you if somebody tells you. They're a five handicap. That means they shoot five over par okay. on a, actually on a decent day. Okay. It doesn't that, mean they shoot. That doesn't mean they average five over. Okay. All right. Yeah. That part I kind of knew. Yeah. I kind of understood how it worked at that point, but I didn't know how you got to have that assigned to you. That's pretty cool. So what was this article, uh, opinion piece you wrote in the New York Times about uh, Mr. Trump and golf? Uh, well... I, I wrote the New York Times opinion person approached me because she knows I'm a comedian around New York and that I used to play a lot of golf. And uh, she approached me to see if I had any hot takes on Trump because he's in the news so much for playing golf. And so I said I could maybe do a piece about how, you know, the, the, the image of golf was was so close to being good with the first T program, making it affordable for everyone, and Tiger Woods making it cool for everyone, and it's become so international. But uh, I feel like Trump stealing the golf headlines the last two years has made it look like a an old rich guy's game again. And so we did a piece based around the image of golf, uh, being so close to being an everyman's game and how right now it's back to looking like an old rich guy's game. 
Hmm. And do you think that can get turned around again and move back in the same direction, or is it? Uh, I mean, I guess that would probably depend. Like, you need another, uh, some more younger blood, you know, to come into the game. I reckon to the pro game. Yeah, I mean, I think Tiger was so big internationally uh, when he was, you know, 25 years old. Bill is, but when he was 25 years old, that would have been. 18, that would have been around the year 2000. It was becoming such a global phenomenon that people would have thought by now there would have been more, uh, there would have been more, uh, diversity on the tour by now. Oh, yeah. But for whatever reason, boy, there's a lot of international diversity on tour now, even more than there was before. But for, for whatever reason, there's, there's only a couple black guys on tour, and I don't know. I guess we, everybody would have thought it would have been more by now with the Tiger generation coming up. So it is a little, it is a little strange, but I think that's that's really all it is. Is is uh, you know somebody to make it cool for for kids of various backgrounds. Another movie like Caddyshack. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think in reality, golf is very, very available to kids who are outside of big cities. But when you're in the inner city, there's just not there's just not golf courses available like there are basketball courts and soccer. True. Yeah. It, yeah. Better. I mean, if there are public golf courses, but then even if you're in a city like Cincinnati. You know, if you live in in the inner city or, you know, there's not a way to get to them. And, and really, conversely, out in rural areas, too, you know, you're probably far away from one. And, again, you know, in, how do you in, get there? In rural areas, though, I think, I, I mean, I grew up in a small town, and golf was very available to everybody because land was cheap. Oh, yeah. And so there were golf courses. Golf courses all over the place, and they were very affordable. Hmm. So I think it just has to do with, from what I can tell, it's a city thing. It's it's hard to play in the city, but it's hard for most people to play in the city. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, although I know we have, just out in the suburbs here, though, we have, uh, I know we have one public course, and then, there's, of course, there's a bunch of uh, country clubs around uh, as well. So do, so do you still golf often, or uh, I, I play a few times a year now. Okay. Uh, I'm much more comedy focused and writing focused. I write, I write a lot. I do comedy. I strum some guitar. Oh, there you go. I ride my city bike around New York City. Being in New York, being in New York, I don't have much access to golf. We just oh, yeah. go two hours to go play. Oh my gosh. Somewhere. Um, so, yeah. so as far as the, the, the guitar thing going, uh, did, you write songs or just more of just kind of like a goofing off relaxing thing? I do that to relax. Yeah. Just play. I use strum in the afternoon and chill out. I definitely don't play with anybody watching and I don't try to impress any girls with it. <laughs> so what kind of stuff do you, do you like to play? Like the stuff you listen to or is it uh, more like folky guitar friendly stuff or what's that like? Uh, I just, uh, 
play whatever pops into my head that Beatles song, um, uh, well, what, uh, what's the Beatles song that pops into my head just now? Uh, oh, uh, that Beatles song, Hide Your Love Away? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that song just got stuck in my head and it sounded, and it sounded nice. And so I just was like, I wonder if that's a hard song to play. And it's a, it's a fun song to play on guitar. So I just learned that, started playing that. Uh, so I learned a Leon Bridges song, started playing that. Really just whatever song pops into my head. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. Leon Bridges, uh, and then, uh, <laughs> Adele, Adele was fun to play. Oh, okay. Uh, but, but I grew up listening to Bob Dylan, so. Oh, there you go. The most songs I know, the most songs I know are Bob Dylan songs. There you go. Uh, so, what else are you talking about on stage these then, uh, when you, you know, get a, get to do a full set? Uh, on stage, I mostly talk about things I find interesting and things I'm curious about. Right now, I'm watching that new documentary on Netflix called One Strange Rock about how amazing our planet is and where it came from. And it's narrated by eight astronauts. And oh. it's also narrated by Will Smith. And uh, I just think it's really a really interesting documentary because on the one hand, I'm blown away by uh, by how amazing our planet is. And on the other hand, I just really want to be friends with Will Smith. He's very charismatic. <laughs> right. And uh, so I'm starting to talk about that on stage. Uh, it's a fun way to talk about cool stuff about science and also talk about celebrity Will Smith at the same time. Oh, there you go. Um, so that's a perfect example of the things I like to talk about. I like to talk about the cool things going on in the world and then I like to talk about things that I like. Like I grew up with Will Smith. That was the first, one of the first CDs I ever bought was DJ Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith. And one of the first sitcoms I got hooked on was Fresh Prince. So it's a fun way to talk about Will Smith and the planet. Um, I'm talking about uh, nostalgia for childhood. I was talking about, you know, the difference of my life now and what it was like to be a kid. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I do a lot of autobiographical, observational, but mostly stuff that I'm really interested in, like, uh, you know, a lot of documentaries. I watch documentaries. I'll get a lot of my material from watching documentaries. And what kind of, is there things you like? Is like I know you're watching the uh, the one about the Earth. The, are there historical documentaries or music documentaries or just any kind of documentary? Um... Well, for example, I just watched Transcendent Man about Ray Kurzweil, the futurist, who, uh, who's, he, apparently something like 86% of his predictions about the future have come true. He, he actually, he actually guessed the exact year that, um, AI would be a human at chess. Um, and he has all these interesting predictions about the future. He thinks that, by the year 2045, we're going to have body backups and we're going to be able to upload our brains into the cloud by just 2045. Wow. And, uh, 
he's this really smart dude. He's an inventor. He's a successful inventor. But he's obsessed with uh, supplements because he wants to live. He's like, he's about 70 years old and he wants to live to the year 2045 so that he can make it to the singularity and so that he can upload himself and live. He, he's just kind of, he's kind of like a Woody Allen if Woody Allen was an inventor. Hmm. And we're going to... He's obsessed with, he's obsessed with death and he's obsessed with uh, figuring out how to live forever. And where can I find this documentary? It's called Transcendent Man. Transcendent Man, okay. I think I just found it. I think I just found it on the internet. Okay. I'll, I'll have to dig that up. I love that. Uh, uh, I'm fascinated by stuff like but, when they used to predict what would happen in the future and how you know how they did. And it sounds like this guy's got a pretty good batting average. Yeah, exactly. 80% high. A lot like everybody. Oh, Google. He Google hired him. He, he works at Google now. They hired him because they just, they want to know what all his predictions are so they can start gearing their AI toward what he's predicting. Um, that, that documentary, The Staircase, about the, the murder that may or may not have happened on a staircase. Um, I wrote a, wrote a bit about that because they think an owl might have committed the murder and, uh, I just think that's really interesting and funny that that they're blaming the husband when it may have been an owl. <laughs> yeah, we are we're big fans of like uh, those dateline things, and you know it's always you know as everybody says, you know it's it's almost always the husband, and then uh, but then like every now and then, hey, guess what? It's not. <laughs> I know if you're the husband, if you're the husband and your wife gets murdered, you're screwed. Oh, turn yourself in. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm driving right uh, to the yeah, police looking, station. I'm always looking for documentary recommendations if you have any. Uh, what did I just watch? You know what I just watched? I love I love all kind of documentaries. Uh, one I just watched was uh, Duran Duran. There's something you should know if you like music. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. and they're all in it. And I was telling my wife about this, and I talked about it on Pat Francis's podcast a little bit. But the most fascinating thing is. Four of the five of them are in it for almost the whole thing, sharing their memories. And I'm thinking, like, well, where's Andy Taylor? He was the guitarist, for people that don't remember. And finally, he turns up toward the very end when they're talking about the 2012 reunion they did. And then I can see why he's not in the whole thing, because he's a bit of a boozy Susie, quite honestly. He seems like he's hammered, and every scene they're talking to him in, they set him aside for a few just to ask him, well, why did you quit the reunion? And he was like, well, I miss my family, and it just wasn't as fun like it was in the old days, and I really wanted to be with my family, so I just said, guys, you know, this is enough for me. But with a beer bottle right in front of him. And, uh, oh, wow. But the whole thing is fascinating. Like, um, I don't know, like... Uh, I know a lot of people that are like this, but I, I'll watch any music documentary, even if it's about a band I don't like. One of my favorites ever was the Behind the Music about Styx, and I never cared for Styx that much beyond one or two of the hit singles, but it is a hilarious documentary, unintentionally. So, Ooh. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, and I'm taping the one tonight, The American Experience. It's based on the book, uh, well, it's called Chasing the Moon, and uh, I'm concurrently reading a book called One Giant Leap, which is about the, the moon program and how ambitious it was. So I think that's going to be really cool. Nice. Oh, yeah. let's see. Yeah, it sounds, see, that one will be right up my alley. Exactly. That starts tonight at 9 on PBS. Uh, we're recording this on July 8th. So, for, And I believe if you have Amazon Prime, this stuff is available for... The PBS stuff is actually available for free to watch. 
Otherwise, you have to pay your local CB. You have to join your local PBS affiliate, and then you can watch it through their. Uh, okay. Through their, right. Yeah. So there's all the info you need there. So yeah. Well, great, man. Uh, sounds like things are moving in the right direction for you, and uh, this will be in print and online in Minneapolis the week you're there, and again in Cincinnati when you're here. Um, so awesome, yeah. And I'm uh, and I'm talking about all this, all the I'm talking about all this stuff uh, on my new podcast. It's called a Great Listening Experience, where I sort of research a topic and then I try to look at the upside. Um, I try to look at the upside of everything. Like I just researched depression and um, looked at the evolutionary benefits. It turns out there's a lot of benefits of depression. And so I talked about that. Uh, that's what I do on my podcast oh, okay. um, as well. And that can be found anywhere people find podcasts, I reckon. Exactly. All right, super. Well, we'll link to that from our page. And uh, otherwise, just tell people, just Google it. Joe Zimmerman podcast, uh, Great Listening Experience. And it'll, I'm sure it'll bring up Stitcher and all the other places that it's... Uh, it's available. I was always yeah. up Stitcher first, even though we're we're based on Podbean. We're in at iTunes, which is where most people get podcasts. Yeah, if you Google mine, yeah. Stitcher's the first thing that comes up. It's really bizarre, and I never even linked to Stitcher. They just scooped it up. But anyway, <laughs> and if you want, and if you want to get a vibe of my stand-up, if you're curious, I'm posting a, a clip each week, a new stand-up clip each week, and I'm going to be filming in Minneapolis. Um, we're going to do a big shoot, so I can get some. New stuff for uh, Instagram and YouTube. Oh, great. Well, that's not, that, that's the way yeah. you got to do it. Yeah. Well, great, man. Well, appreciate taking the time today. And, uh, cool. Thank you. And uh, good luck with golf and maybe ring up my boss when you're here in town. I'm sure he'd love to go uh, do some golfing with you. Uh, who's your boss? Josh Sneed. Oh, he's your boss? Yeah. I work for his t-shirt company. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, oh, uh, awesome. All right. All right, man. We'll do. All right, great. Well, uh, thanks again, Joe. Talk to you later. Cool. Thank right. you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks to Joe Zimmerman for being on the show. You can catch Joe. <clears throat> Thanks to Joe Zimmerman for being on the show. You can catch Joe July 16th through the 20th at the Acme Comedy Company in Minneapolis. And then he's uh, featuring for Brian Regan in Fort Myers, St. Petersburg, and Jacksonville. That's July 26th, 27th, and 28th. And then he's off to Scotland for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I think that goes on for like the whole month or something. He's there August 12th and 13th. And then he's at Go Bananas in Cincinnati here, September 5th through the 8th. So catch Joe where you can. Oh, and listen to his podcast too, A Great Listening Experience. Just Google that. I'm sure Google will direct you to where you can get that podcast. Just look for it wherever you get your podcasts. So we're up to the song of the week. And a funny story behind the song of the week. It's from Lovely the Band. It's a song you've probably heard if you listen to alternative radio, maybe even pop radio for all for all I know. Uh, we saw these guys at Bunbury. They were pretty good. And, um, well, here's what happened. We went to Los Angeles, and we listened to the famous KROQ, which I, I know I can listen to it online, but it's different. We can actually listen to it in the city when you're in a car and can drive around and listen to it, and, you know, you're actually there. And uh, it's, it's an alternative music station for those of you who don't know. And if you have an alternative music station in your town in the United States, you likely it's uh, have one that's owned by uh, iHeartMedia or another big conglomerate, and it isn't really very adventurous in this place, like stuff that's barely alternative. And uh, KROQ was a little more adventurous than that, not as adventurous as I would have hoped, but we still enjoyed listening. Weirdly, they had three songs, just three songs, in heavy rotation that we heard a lot. One of them was Bad Guy by Billie Eilish, which is kind of unusual uh, because it's a big top ten hit now. 
I guess she came out of the alternative scene, you could argue. The second one was Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine, and I heard that twice in one day. Weird. And then this song by Lovely the Band. Now, we reckon they're big supporters of Lovely the Band because Lovely the Band is from Los Angeles, uh, and the tune is broken. And you know how you go on vacation and there's a one song that kind of you hear everywhere. You hear it on a store, you hear it on the radio, you hear it all over the place. Well, this is kind of what happened with us simply because we were stuck in traffic a lot and we decided just to stick with KROQ because the other stuff they were playing was, was really cool. And uh, this just inadvertently became the song of the vacation. A couple years ago it was the Wiz Khalif tune uh, when we were in Central Florida. When Fangirl was little, I remember uh, the Tal Bachman song, High Above Me, will always remind me of, uh, I think it was her first trip to Disney. And that played everywhere in stores, on the radio, because you know, it was a big top ten hit. So anyway, this is similarly what happened with Lovely the Band. The song is called Broken. It is the uh, unofficial song of our California vacation. It is also the song of the week on PF's tape recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. I like that you're broken, broken like me. Maybe that makes me a Trust fun babies bro.